Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. a lot of the research I've been doing, a lot of these things have happened for so long. But I think the way Black Lives Matter and the way technology and social media have shaped the awareness of these issues, we, we need to, you know, capitalize and bring the positive reinforcement in, into, into this going forward. Um, it's not something that is going to be solved overnight, but it can it can be mitigated as we go on. And yeah. um, just uh, you know, having that renewed spirit to do for 2021 what we started in 2020, I think it's a big big deal. And bringing the holisticness to it because. I'm very concerned also for the mental well mental well-being really of the average African American because of anti-black violence, anti-black issues that have been created by society in which society has to be the one to end it. It's mm-hmm. a global issue. And it's so, so having that renewed way to look at this, it's a global issue and tackling it head on as a global issue, I think is the way to go. It's what I'm doing for my nonprofit work because even though we're very community focused and we're very community oriented and I'm hoping to shape our nonprofit as a model community, we are doing all of this from the inside out. So from the community aspect to the global scene. And that's just one aspect of dealing with injustices in a global way. Hello, Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer. Excited to share yet another incredible interview with you and a mom who's changing the world in special ways, you know, this morning. So before I get started, I like to share an African proverb in many of my episodes. And I found one that I thought was uh, really fitting for today. So having a good discussion is like having riches, the proverb goes. Having a good discussion is like having riches. And this came to, you know, came to mind as nice for today because we have someone who's leading the you know discussion on many important fronts in our community on a wide variety of issues and I'll have her tell you more about that but I think you know we often focus on money riches 
But if we can really talk and connect with people and educate people through quality discussions, even as I strive to do here on the podcast, we are rich together because we make the world better. So I'm really excited and proud to introduce Falake Phillips, who is the leader of the Awa Center, and I'll have her tell you about herself now. Hello, Falake. Welcome. Hi, Ekua. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for, you know, just picking me out to do this and to, you know, share my experiences with the world and in particular with working moms. Um, As Ekua said, yeah, as Ekua said, my name is Falake Phillips and I am Nigerian from Ocean State. I relocated to the U.S. in July of 2017, so I'm very new to the scene. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. um, (laughs) I know, right? What a a wonderful (laughs) time to be in the U.S. Um, (laughs) But yes, I'm raised in in Nigeria with a deep, deep Yoruba cultural roots. I went to England for my higher education and I'm a Christian, a wife, mother of one at the moment and a community (laughs) organizer. Um, My career has, you know, spanned the fields of marketing, human resource, strategy and corporate client hospitality with multinational clients. Where, and you can hear um, that you are a mom you know, right there with your yeah, mom. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> In case anybody I, I, was doubting. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> we love I know, it. So we love it. Sorry about that. No, we love it. Okay. Yes, Jane. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Say hi to everyone. Say bye. <laughs> sorry about no, that, no, folks. Just keep going. Uh, <laughs> So I was saying that I've done work in corporate client hospitality with multinational clients and I've uh, organized and managed, uh, facilitated various symposiums, public seminars and leadership trainings. But recently I do nonprofit work, which I will go into more details about as we um, proceed in the interview. And I just want to say that I enjoy international travel. I love meeting people from different cultural backgrounds. And I love food. Yes, I love food very much. That's right. (laughs) And we are, um, you know, newly connecting through our mutual friend, uh, another nurse practitioner, Odiri Maku. And yeah, you know, it's no surprise that we are hitting it off because you just, you know, described like many of my favorite things. (laughs) So I love it. Yay, good, good, good. Yes, yes. And so, you know, you you hinted at the um, nonprofit that you are, you know, a founder and uh, executive director for. And so I can read a little bit about that. So AWO is a nonprofit organization that offers inspiring programs and community workshops that bring people together across racial, cultural, and economic divides to unpack and share a vast array of different human experiences. They also strive to create new opportunities for collective upward mobility. AWO was founded in 2020 by Falake, a Yoruba princess from Osun State in Nigeria, in response to the death of George Floyd and the national street protests that erupted for Black Lives Matter in the midst of the U.S. COVID-19 pandemic. Awo is the word for skin and also color 
in the Yoruba language of Nigeria. So you, you know, clearly have a passion uh, and heart for, you know, community and were touched uh, as many of us, uh, especially as black and brown people. But I think, you know, in an elevated way, the whole country and really world was shook last summer when yeah. George Floyd, you know, was, was murdered and it was recorded and, and everybody, you know, who was on social media or on watching television or anything like that, you know, saw it. And so uh, yeah. tell us about, you know, kind of how this all started for you. Yes. So as you just read, it started exactly seven months ago. And um, as inspiration from the death of George Floyd and the global pro- protest that happened for Black Lives Matter last summer, it was, there was a Something, something happened to me. There was a completely different awakening of some sort that I'd never experienced before. Just merely lo- looking at the, actually it was a murder. It was murdered by that police officer in yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. So just, you know, I, I brought myself, I, I didn't know at the time if I was making the right choice by doing that and how it would if the psychological effects will be lingering. But I think I made the right choice to watch that video because it helped me really connect to the average African-American and maybe even Native American feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, lingering Mm -hmm. feelings about institutional racism, about discrimination, about the... uh, you know, inaccuracies around the history of uh, of many aspects of the history here. So I am happy that I actually watched that video because it really spawned uh, something inside of me. There was a lot of concern, there was a lot of worry and then personal turmoil of what are you now going to do with what you know? So it was really a question of now that I've experienced this awakening and there's this consciousness of the wider, deeper social injustices, what am I going to do about about it? I mean, even as I was breastfeeding our son almost mm-hmm. exclusively and mm-hmm. on demand, <laughs> me, yeah. meaning 24-7 really, yeah. uh, when yeah. he wants it, uh, uh, you know, those were the burning questions. And I had no inner peace and my moral center just couldn't be found till I started our So our organization, our nonprofit organization is called our because our digital, first of all, we, we couldn't have that as our, just our.com was already owned, our.org mm-hmm. was already owned, mm-hmm. and we were not going to go into the negotiations of, of, of um, yeah. trying to, yes, of trying to get that off. And in any case, we do have in our, I, I believe it's our fourth year strategy to have a cult, multicultural center tied around food, around education, around books and, you know, experiences that connect, you know, good as humans exchange. Yes. As humans. Yes. So, so we went with our center for our digital print because Mm -hmm. we do have those plans, Uh, Mm -hmm. but our name is called our, uh, which uh, means skin or color in the Yoruba language of Nigeria. Beautiful. Beautiful. And you mentioned uh, food even. 
When I like to start <laughs> feeding our children and I like to start some of our episodes, you know, talking <laughs> practically, you know, now that he's a little bit older and imagine eating solids yeah. and eating foods, I'm curious, yes. you know, what do you, what are your go-to meals and foods for, for your family? <laughs> That's a very, uh, I'm so happy to answer any questions <laughs> around right. food. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just easy. Go-tos would be sandwich or a piece of toast. <laughs> yeah, toast is bread, a meal yeah. for me. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> toast in itself is a meal for me. So whether it's <laughs> um, toast with, with, with peanut butter or toast yeah. with avocado, it's it's a meal for me in yeah. um, in my world today. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, with there's so many like bread options, you know, whole grain, yes. uh, gluten-free, you know, as I try to do, yes. you know, less gluten. I mean, you can really, you know, have the range of, of even very nutritious breads and toasts, you know, if, yeah. if that's what you're choosing, you know, to eat. And it's so quick and convenient. Oh my goodness. To just, yeah. you know, get that you know, open, can be an open face so you can manage, you know, the calories uh-huh. if you're, you know, trying to do that. But it uh, yeah, yeah. It can be a great foundation for a whole meal and kids also. Yeah. Most kids mm-hmm. love, you know, love their breads and toasts and bagel. In our house, bagels are kind of the, the thing this, these days. And in addition to, yeah, kind of little sandwiches made out of rolls. So I, I totally get it. <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, and uh, we do it all. We do the multigrains. We do the Although that we have to really read carefully because of our son's allergies. He's got mm. nuts and seed allergies. Mm. Uh, but there's some that we mm. buy that are uh, really good. We like the rye for sure. And um, sourdough mm. is, the, is the staple. Yeah. <laughs> sourdough yeah. is the staple. But yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's great. Uh, sandwiches. <laughs> and you mentioned uh, allergies, which is an important point because I think a lot of parents, you know, have to have to, you know, manage that. And so, you know, how do you yeah. stay on top of that? So initially, very good question. I think this would be really helpful for My parents would be moms. Yeah. 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 So initially, it's it was a question of do do at the end of the day did did we have the right pediatrician for our family. And we found out and we had to make the decision that, no, we didn't. and We had to make a change. So it's very important to make sure that as a mom or as parents, actually, because this could be a dad making the decision here mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he's a single dad for whatever reason mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, they're li- and they're listening. We, uh, we, so our son had eczema. Yeah. And yes, not naturally. And uh, we we were also checking his breathing, especially when he had his cousins came over to visit, and and they had a cold, and mm-hmm. he contacted that from them very quickly. That was the first and only time mm-hmm. he got sick. So wow. hint hint at the power of breastfeeding, yeah, and, and the protection yeah. that, <laughs> that was giving get. him. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, yes, he was never uh, sick. He still has never been been sick. Is is two and change at the mm-hmm. moment. He's two years plus, mm-hmm. and he still has never been sick. And uh, you know, we're just really we feel really blessed about that. Yeah. But yes, we so he had that, um, and we 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 were treating him. But the I just noticed that when I started to introduce 
or try to introduce some other foods in addition to breastfeeding, he would throw up, he would, mm. I would notice some rashes, you know, and I would mention something to the pediatrician about it, but she didn't, she, she just put it as, you know, things that happens to kids now mm-hmm. and again as they're growing mm-hmm. up and their sensitive skin and everything. But I was already, when I did his shopping before he arrived, I was already buying hypoallergenic stuff, you know, we're mm-hmm. more aware in mm-hmm. the 21st century, when we get, when mm-hmm. more educated, we're right. more concerned with the environment. So we try, mm-hmm. we all try to do better in our little ways. So mm-hmm. I was already being careful trying to buy 100% cotton or organic cotton, or, mm-hmm. you know, just to help. And, and not, not because I preempted something. I was just mm-hmm. trying to be more environmentally conscious, more conscious about the fact that, you know, the baby's skin is tender and they could yeah. react to, to stuff. So I was already doing some relatively good things, but I just felt that the, his pediatrician at the time was not as um, onto these things as she mm-hmm. should have been. Mm-hmm. And by the time I decided to, and in any case, she was about 30 minutes away from us, she, closer to the hospital I had him. So I was, mm-hmm. I was actually staying with her longer because of the convenience of, going mm-hmm. to my OB for mm-hmm. uh, follow-ups and having syncing his appointments with that. But right. then I had to make that tough decision of mm-hmm. uh, changing our pediatrician because I just didn't feel comfortable any longer that I was getting the right advice and I just needed to be sure that everything was fine. By the time I did change and the and I voiced it to the, that was the first thing I voiced to the new pediatrician she just said, look, I'm going to recommend you to recommend you see a specialist in allergies, mm-hmm. asthma and eczema. Yes, yeah. that all three usually <laughs> go together. So right. let's just make sure that we can rule out things. Mm-hmm. And for me, that, uh, that was just, it, I was already feeling better. Right. Because there was that acknowledgement. There, you know, mm-hmm. there was that acknowledgement one and there was that sort of just saying, let's rule out. And there's there's no point wondering where let's just rule out anything by checking early and immediately by checking early. Exactly. So immediately I uh, set up this appointment and went to see this specialist. He confirmed the eczema, which she confirmed. But in addition, Mm -hmm. he said, look, there's a cream called Vani cream. So for Mm -hmm. anyone who has, but of course, check with your, first before Mm -hmm. you go ahead and do this help yeah get a cream vani cream and um how do you spell that v-a-n-i okay v-a-n-i yes got it and um yes and then he did also prescribe another medicated cream for him that Mm -hmm. i should use that every day but even Mm -hmm. that when he when he prescribed that just because it's medicated, just because again, um, not that I know more than the doctor, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just decided I, w- I would use it every other day because mm-hmm. it was the the results were immediate when I started applying it, it to mm-hmm. his skin. Yes, mm-hmm. so I was like, "Ooh, this might be a bit too fast." So I used it every day and then reduced it to twice a week till mm-hmm. I reduced it to when I start to see any form of rashes. Because he kept responding better and better each time. So I just didn't want to do the everyday applying something medicated to his skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I if it wasn't needed. Vanic- 
if it wasn't needed exactly mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. the doctor said to do it every day mm-hmm. but he was it was just fine immediately i started applying mm-hmm. so i just kept reducing my application of the medicated cream and mm-hmm. i would use the vani cream every day in mm-hmm. fact eventually i added um pure um cold pressed sunflower oil mm-hmm. to the vani cream just mm-hmm. to give more you know that lotion lighter is it yeah. to apply effect yeah. yes yeah. and um you know i did i did that and so 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 basically the first, my first point is make sure you're comfortable with the pediatrician you choose mm-hmm. even if it, it was a referral from your ob or someone you know mm-hmm. if you find that you're not comfortable start making inquiries about you know someone else if you find your yeah. questions are not being answered start making inquiries about someone else you know that's just my little two cents on that about that uh, yeah about that yeah 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 i will yeah. add yeah we you know working in the healthcare field i uh-huh. you know i completely agree that you know i you know i often say you want to be comfortable with the team that you're forming you know around your child for everything but you know in health in particular you have to feel that kind of sense in you that there's a connection you know with the people who you're yeah. going to for for care and for help and you want to make sure like you said that you're being heard and you're feeling heard yeah. regardless of you know what the specific issues are and yeah I always encourage families and I strive you know as a healthcare provider to to really listen and yeah. and respond because you know the health of your child is is you know top priority for most of us yeah. most of us right i mean as parents and you know that we're responsible you know in many ways for making sure that our children get what they need for health you know they are not able to navigate that world for, you know mm-hmm. on their own for years you know if not decades and so they rely on us for that and so um you know parents yeah. really are the experts in their children even if you're a new mom or a new parent i'm you know a believer that you know you know god kind of puts in us what we need to to be the the best for our children and to to know and connect with them we're spending all this time with them we are you know striving to be in tune with them and so i i wholeheartedly you know agree with that encouragement that you just offered to to feel comfortable with your healthcare you know providers and make the the shifts if you don't feel heard and you don't feel that you're getting what you need you know for your child so yeah to- totally and and to be just a little bit fair to her she i i i did feel heard initially but i think she just maybe got complacent and my my concerns were sort of you know her her response was oh you know things kids go through this she was she, i would say she was a bit more like a, you know traditional you know homes you know just apply this home uh remedy sort of approach kind of person mm-hmm. and, and not necessarily the type to quickly prescribe or say something because of course we we know that there are those issues as well when doctors right. are very quick to prescribe or not right. yeah so right. i think she she just didn't maybe find that balance enough in my opinion for you yeah, especially for since, you yes for mm-hmm. me yes mm-hmm. that was my experience so yeah sure yeah. sure so okay. uh, yeah and then speaking quickly on allergies So again it was when I did change the pediatrician and she re- re- recommended seeing the specialist the specialist said oh we're going to just do um let's do the basic allergy tests and um we'll, we'll basic in an advanced way 
So the, the previous pediatrician had done some allergy tests, but it, it was again so <laughs> it wasn't done in an advanced way. So mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't have in depth feedback on the allergies. And with these specialists, we had we had in depth feedback because I could see the different levels of the different responses he was allergic to. Mm-hmm. Were, yes, that he was allergic to. And even the ones we didn't know of. So we had to do these food, what do they call it now? You know, like, you know, just given introducing the, uh, uh, the food is allergic to in, in little portions till just to the measure how tolerance how serious it is. Yeah, and reactivity. So tolerance, yeah. yes. That, yes, there was a word that specialists uh, called it. So we had to go in for a few appointments. So, yeah. We, so we knew for sure the really, really bad ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't even know it all, even with that advanced one, because with the advanced style and the, the, the basic slash advanced approach, they just do the test based on what is common. You have situations where uh, you have children with quite uncommon allergies and we right. fell into that gap because, oh, wow. because one, yes, because one time we found out by uh, happenstance yeah yes an accident at home it was not a good experience yeah. you know but uh, and then we, we immediately we started to we were placed on an epi pen yeah from then on so just you know being aware uh, being at, uh, attentive and maybe just doing a bit more research on the parent side would be more helpful we're not crazy but we just want to be mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. you know a bit more proactive yeah sure, sure. Yeah. yeah thank you for sharing that part of your journey with us yeah so as far as motherhood yeah. what you know is motherhood what you expected and as a new mom i'm curious you know how you're finding <laughs> the transition you know into motherhood so motherhood for me i would say it was what i expected and 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 some i'd always wanted to for the longest of time i'd always wished and dreamt of being a mom mm-hmm. and the feeling of just having another human growing me mm-hmm. have their life and every breath literally mm-hmm. that it take almost depend on something you do or didn't do mm-hmm. for me i felt that was a powerful thing and mm-hmm. i was um very curious enough to want that experience. So here I am, right? Right. <laughs> you know, and again, I feel so blessed about that. And I, uh, well, with exceptions of maybe the demands and commitment of breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything that I expected and some. And let me tell you why this is the case. I have. I'll talk about my mom because of that. She's a mom through and through. I've watched her through all the ups and downs of all of us, raising all of us. There were six of us and I'm the, I'm the last of, of her. I'm the sixth child. And, you know, it was always a busy, busy household. We're very family oriented. And so we would have family friends either stay with us for a while, visit or stay with us to you know, to then get off in life and move on to other things. In fact, the uh, first born in our family by default is actually our cousin. 
So mm. at every family function, everything we do, there's seven children, even mm-hmm. though my mom had six biologically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's because she raised our cousin as her first child from the time she was about eight months old wow. when her parents had left Nigeria to, to be in England. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they couldn't, and they couldn't go with her at the time. Mm-hmm. So she's always been very maternal, motherly, mm-hmm. very nurturing, very maternal, very into, into family and, and just managing that in every way. And she was, she was working for a long time before she then, you know, I guess as, as she had more of us, she then decided to retire. She was working mm-hmm. as a, she was a nurse practitioner herself. Oh, awesome. Um, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, she loved her job. She, she loved everything and she loved, she loved motherhood. She's also, so I said before that I'm a Christian. She's also uh, a Christian and she and my father, who's late now, as they've raised mm-hmm. us as so. Mm-hmm. And she's a praying mother. She uh, would constantly, constantly bring that spiritual element into her life and into the world of her children. This doesn't mean she didn't have challenges with us i mean it, it we're still it's, a, it's still a physical natural world after all mm-hmm. but just the way she managed to balance it all i saw that i didn't understand it always immediately but being a mom myself it really elevated all not that the love and the respect wasn't there it was but mm-hmm. it sort of just even elevated it the more oh, yeah. by the time i became a mom so it was everything that I expected it would be and, 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 and more, like I yeah. said. Oh, that's <laughs> beautiful. Of, yeah. yeah, it's always beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, yeah. uh, one, one thing I strive to tell people is that if you are going to breastfeed, I will prepare you about the demands and the, you know, the commitment. Yes. And I find a lot of times people don't do that. I think sure. it's a disservice. <laughs> so I feel if I was better prepared, I would just, you know, ex- expectations, mm-hmm. I'll set it right and just handle things from that viewpoint of, okay, I've been told that these are the demands, this and that, but I still want to go ahead and let me set Before. my expectations right. And what, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so yeah. I will always do that for people now. And yeah, not yes. dissuade them from it, but just, you know, try to give it a balance. Some of the realities. Yes. And, you know, breastfeeding yeah. is, yes, if it's best, you know, just the benefits of it. And if, yeah, if you at all can, you know, many mothers, I think now strive to to do that. And even working mothers, you know, yes. have the added layer if they want to, you know, breastfeed and provide the breast milk is to also pump and, you know, have that yeah. kind of storage available when they're working and not available yeah. to, to, to nurse. So yeah. you're right that it is a labor of love. I always say yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. is, is such an investment, you know, into the mm-hmm. immunity and the nutrition of your, your child. Yeah. yeah. So and even bonding and... Yes. Yeah, I was no, I was just gonna say that even the bonding, the way oh, yes. the child and the mom bonds, it's mm-hmm. it's sort of different. It just shapes it more, helps it that nurturing instincts come out some more for, for a mother. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it's great. So then you know you've already started to yeah, share a little bit about how you make an impact on children inside your home with your son. Tell us, you know, more about how you're impacting children, you know, both inside and outside of your home. Yes, yes, yes. I first thing, even when he hadn't arrived, I would always put my 
hands on my belly. I would talk to him. I would pray for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage my husband to talk to him so that he hears his voice. He knows it. And there were times that he would respond. Call, call me crazy, but that's yeah, how I no, felt. That was, yeah. <laughs> no, there, you know, I, the, the, I know the feeling. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know the feeling. You know? Yeah, those extra yeah. special kicks and bumps when they hear daddy's yes. voice. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, and I was even more convinced when every time, so I use an, you know, that the electronic style brush. Every uh-huh. time I brushed morning and evening, he would always move. He would yeah. always respond. To that um, sensation. Well, to, to that, yes. Every yeah. time, even when I thought he was asleep and he wasn't, you know, tossing around. around. He would, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he would move when I started to brush. And so, so that for me was very instrumental, thanks to my mom as well. And so as I was already talking about what I hoped for for him, the things mm-hmm. I would do around him, I was engaging him straight right from the womb. Oh, and cool. um, since since he's been out, I um, you know I try to talk to him sometimes as an adult. So, sometimes when I'm a bit impatient with him, then I, I remember that I, <laughs> he's yes, two because children can. <laughs> yes, there is two. They're best of power. They can push it and push your buttons left, right, and, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Then I remind myself that you know it's only two after all, and he needs to understand and he needs to um, hear my communication. So maybe I need to try something different, different and yeah. and see how he responds to that. Yes, you know, they say when you when you try something new, you know, do try it in a different way and and just see. So it's all about see. It's all about the perspective. It's all about let me change something. Let me do something. After all, we're the adult, right? So mm-hmm. let let let's try to do something. So that's what I I try to do. I try to also I don't I don't ever since again seven months ago with my experience, my awakening, everything that happened with the death of George Floyd. I've I've been more intentional about um, sharing about identity with him. He's, he's not, I, I, de- I decided then, there and then, mm-hmm. that he's not too young to mm-hmm. share those discussions with. The yeah. only thing is that I make sure that I, I try to fit it and make sure that it's age appropriate. At his level. And, and to, to help at his level, yes, mm-hmm. and to help his understanding and make it relatable. Mm-hmm. So I also started to make the intention of, so it was, I mean, we were in a pandemic and I decided I'm not going to let the pandemic stop more growth. I would just make sure that we're practicing every social distancing protocol and using every MPI form, the sort of non-pharmaceutical intervention type of form, wearing masks, Mm -hmm. sanitizing, washing of hands and whatnot. But I made intentional efforts to make even more friends that way so I didn't so around me I had you know African friends or white friends and Asian friends I didn't I didn't necessarily necessarily have a Hispanic friend and I was looking to have a Native American friend so I was I, was, I made I was I started to make more conscious efforts towards making friendships or trying to find opportunities to make those friendships even according to the work that I now do because of how my 
whole outlook to life has been. Uh, You know, living in England, growing up in Nigeria, going on holidays outside of the country Mm -hmm. to Europe and Africa. And then, you know, just meeting different people, different cultures and what have you. So even uh, at that time, I, I wanted to, so that you would also have friends and, you know, make, you would also have friends who are not just like him or not just black because I'm an African, black African mother or mm-hmm. not just white friends. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. him to begin to see the world, it's, you know, in his, from his young eyes. Right. As with that diversity. Was, as early, yeah. With that diversity, yes. Yeah. That, that's very important. And so I also bought some books and some I'm not reading to him yet. And some I am reading to him and mm. I, I bought books around, you know, friendships, around the diversity and the similarities um, around us. And I just read them and make them fun and exciting. He loves the story time. He misses that so much. That's something he used to do. We used <laughs> yeah, to go like to story the time at the library. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Where we live and just, mm. you know, he loved it. So I just continued with that. And so mm. that's how I'm shaping it on the inside. On the outside, I go from inside out with everything that mm-hmm. I do, like mm-hmm. the way I bring my whole being onto the nonprofit work that I do, or mm-hmm. my experience and my outlook to life, and my own just growing up around and, 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 and growing around different people. Mm-hmm. I use my personal experience all the time. And so I was one day we were out in the park one of those lonely times of the pandemic had just hit. Everybody was to stay at home, you know. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even, I, I, at some point, I said, okay, we'll just go out to the local park around us and just, mm-hmm. you know, stay out there and isolate, be, be amongst ourselves as a family. So mm-hmm. it was just him and I that day. And I was just, I went thinking into you know, the talks about the vaccines and what have you, and I'd been studying about it. I'd been studying about the effects of breastfeeding, the potential, potential effects of breastfeeding in terms of uh, as a immunity, yes, Mm -hmm. for, for, for COVID or strengthening anti antibodies for the kids. So it even made me go longer than I'd planned to Mm -hmm. breastfeeding till I said, okay, you know, I can't do this forever. Mm-hmm. But yes, I looked at our son and I thought to myself, well, when they do have the pediatric vaccines, um, he doesn't seem like he, he could be cheated out of his, out of his vaccine line. But mm-hmm. what about children on, of the underserved and underrepresented communities that I want to serve and work for mm-hmm. through my nonprofit work mm-hmm. and again something jumped on my inside and within you like, oh my god mm-hmm. yeah nobody's talking about the children mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it, it, we, it, it doesn't matter we just need to talk about them because at the end of the day they can still transmit this virus to right. the older people around them that they love, their parents, their grandparents, and, you know, in their lives, they can transmit it to other kids. So why aren't we talking about them? Mm -hmm. So we decided at our, that we were going to bring a diverse team of experts together. We're going to reach out to them. We're going to make this about information, information, information for parents, for guidance, for families across the country. And we were just going to do it around discussions, empowerment, information, 
because there's a lot of misinformation and dis- disinformation out there already uh, because of the internet and then even much more because of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. it's it's crazy and it's affecting a lot of people and all, all ethnic backgrounds, not just the Black American, Hispanic and Native Americans who have his, historically, they have there's this legacy of exploitation and experimentation that is affecting and pushing hesitancy of the vaccines itself. But then you have, you know, conservative white people, mostly uh, rural areas, who, uh, who could be anti-vaxxers anyway. So it, this, this is, you know, this misinformation, this information, is re- it's a real problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, in addition to that, I think science needs to do more in terms of being more open and transparent about the processes, processes involved in vaccine development and in, in innovation of other aspects of science, really, because... I think that's another thing. People don't know how things are done, how they came to be. So people are asking questions. You know, people are more aware now, you know. Than they so were. we decided mm-hmm. to, and than, than before, yeah. So we decided to do this webinar, and it's called Understanding COVID-19 Pediatric Vaccine, Coming Together to Ensure Vaccine Safety for All Our Sons and da- Daughters. So for me, no child, no American child or adolescent should be left behind. Actually, whether American or the child of an undocumented immigrant, none of them should be left behind. There must be, this must be fair and there must be equal access to the pediatric vaccines when they come out. And that's the overall agenda of this webinar. Yeah, Yeah. that's incredible. I thank you for, you know, I, I love that when something happens around you, it sounds like the theme is you, you know, you take action, you know, you are, it sounds like feeling and not only experiencing, you know, whether it's a a major tragedy or maybe it's a question, but I love how, you know, you as a mom changing the world are transforming that into something actionable that not only helps you and your family, but also helps the community. So that's incredible. Yeah. So as a mom changing the world, you. you know, using your voice as a community leader and nonprofit founder, you know, how do you create balance and find joy in all that you are balancing and juggling in your life? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that question. Mm. I guess I very much want to always tend to my family's needs in a way that I am constantly, and I mean constantly, conscious about them. I'm very intentional about that because work in general and the nonprofit work I do, it's added work that comes with its own demands and commitments. Mm-hmm. And I just constantly, always in my head, say that it is important, but it is second place. Mm-hmm. It is important, but it is second place. And uh, even uh, even though it's, it, it, everything I'm doing is also sort of tied to my the legacy I'm trying to grow and project, is still my family first. So mm-hmm. my family first thinking always tends to come back to giving me that balance that I require. Mm-hmm. I'll share with you the most recent. Last night, for odd this odd odd reason. Our son 
was just restless. He wasn't going to sleep. Mm-hmm. He was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable about what? I couldn't figure it out because mm-hmm. he had eaten well. Mm-hmm. He had been, you know, cleaned up, dressed up for bedtime. Mm-hmm. He had done his routine. I prayed for him. I'd read his book. And he, he, but he, he just wasn't sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'd, I'd, I'd planned to work as I usually do at night. Those are the times that I get to have a lot of peace and quiet without any distractions. And I, I, and, and I get to work. So I planned to do some work, but he wasn't really letting that happen. And in any case, I also knew I needed to get in some more sleep, but I said, okay, I'll probably do like one hour of work and go to sleep. And we all know how that can really <laughs> not always happen. Right, <laughs> if right. I go from one hour to three hours and they're like, oh my God, I said I was going to sleep. Right, and right. it's so happy, you know. And then we just think, okay, let me just get in that last paragraph. Let me just tweak mm-hmm. this just two mm-hmm. minutes. And, and then before you know it, you're yeah, actually, you know, still going on. So eventually he, um, so again, that's not the usual night, but eventually he went to sleep around past 12. I would guesstimate because <laughs> I eventually, I was so worn out. I was so spent that by the time I woke up again in the middle of the night and I was thinking about, oh, I was supposed to work for about an hour or two, I just decided, no, I'm just going to sleep this out. I'm going to be up early and I'm going to start working again and the world will be just fine to yeah. an extent. Yeah. So I, I made the decision to sleep and I, I, made, I know it was the right decision. I feel uh, good. Mm-hmm. I am energized. I mm-hmm. am just happy it's you know mm-hmm. and, and 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 I feel good on the inside um, my body doesn't ache as much as <laughs> mm-hmm. from trying to get into sleep and for me just those little ways of balancing things up are so critical we, sometimes as uh, working moms I think we might take that for granted but those mm-hmm. little ways they can be so critical to everything, everything, our, our being spiritually, emotionally, physically, um, mm. psychologically. But yeah, you know, so that's just one way, sleep, eating well. Sometimes I'm fond of just working, kicking off in the morning, trying to send him, send an email there, try to respond here after feeding our son, even sometimes during feeding him and responding mm-hmm. to a message. And I'm not eating myself and my husband's noticed that. So bless you if you are married, if you have a partner or if you're a single mom and you're mm-hmm. juggling all these things. My mm-hmm. point is remember to eat. Toast yeah. is a meal for me. So... <laughs> 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 throw that bread in, you know, but do you find something that would, you know, as we like to say, keep body and soul together mm-hmm. as you go? So food is very important. I mean, in addition to the fact that I love food, but food yeah. is very important. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and staying hydrated. I um, yeah. Even the days that I don't like to drink water, I put a little bit of, just very little bit of juice, lots of ice and lots of water just to keep me hydrated. Sometimes I find that when I'm having a headache or something that I think might be because of stress, then I drink more water. And if I don't feel like drinking water, then I do those little things of sweetening my water. 
um, mm-hmm. just to keep me going. Um, yeah. So those those are the ways. And then sometimes I just oh another way uh, you ask for balance. Yeah. Uh, another way is sometimes I just take a break. I find that you know maybe I'm I'm doing some work during the day and it's put, my, my son is pulling for my attention. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, okay, he's been pulling for my attention a lot. All right, so I just stop what I'm doing, no matter what it is. I I stop. And maybe I take him out to the backyard and just do something. Or sometimes I just say, okay, what, what do you want to do? Because I know that he wants my attention. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what, what do you want? What should we do? I try to mm-hmm. let him lead sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes if I'm in a hurry, I do the, uh, okay, mom, hurry, hurry, hurry. And I just <laughs> do something that I want him to do. So, <laughs> so maybe I read to him. Or I do a nursery rhyme and jump and dance around with him and just, you know, keep him engaged like that. Let him remember that my attention is here and it's for him. him. Yes. So sometimes I just stop the work and and give him the attention that he requires. And and sometimes my husband helps out. Right. Kids let us know, you know, when they need or want more of us. And so we mm-hmm. yeah, take a deep breath and really, like you said, again, be be sensitive. And now, yeah, it's our turn also to listen to them and what they're trying to, you know, convey yeah. with their, you know, their tugging at us or their their cries or, you mm-hmm. know, their behavior. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they need our attention too in the midst of of, you know, all that's going on. So that's great. That's great. Yeah, That's yeah. They, they, and they feel it. Mm-hmm, uh, they, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And they feel it. Yeah. They, they, he might be two plus and I hope that he'll forget all of it. But he, he misses <laughs> his friends. Yeah. And, and, um, and now we have just, you know, we have a little part of friends, two friends and uh, two families uh, exchange play dates. But we don't exchange those play dates like we used to. As and it's, we've yeah. reduced it to just those two friends. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not as often as we used to. Mm-hmm. And he knows that he misses it when, when we do do our own just as a family or just him and I and we go out to the park or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you can't even get to play on the equipment, on, on the um, playground or the equipment out there because there are too many people. And he sees other children. He just wants to yeah. run Join and play them. and say, hi, yeah. I have to, you know, yeah, you know. So he, he feels all that. So I have to understand that uh, yeah. and just do a bit more when he's when he needs that attention when he really really needs and then they'll all children will be children they'll just always want to use their pesto power so sometimes just <laughs> giving to that <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure mm-hmm. good so as we're winding down you know the word of the year on our podcast is renewal I love that. Yeah. You know, we've (laughs) talked, uh, I talk about it, um, you know, with uh, the the different guests who are coming on. And so I'm curious, you know, Mm -hmm. for you, what does, you know, renewal mean and, and how are you looking to that in 2021? Yes. I love that. I love that. I love that renewal, um, that, that, that concept and that word given everything uh, we've all come through last year and we're still going to go through through really the pandemic and these you know the death of George Floyd the Black Lives Matter protest and all of the everything that happened last summer so with 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 uh for me when when I think about renewal and how I could apply that to myself and to everything I do and to whatever message I'm communicating to others I guess there's a sense of you know 
with these things have happened to us as a as as a people, we uh, then must just remain dogged about sticking together to bring that change that we want to see. So whether we're renewing our perspective, whether we're renewing the conversations, whether we are renewing the innovations that we might have, just bringing that word to being in the practical sense of it in every way, I think is the sure way to go for 2021. Because a lot of these issues have been, I think, in my little research I've been doing, being an African African immigrant, excuse me, mm-hmm. and being new to living here, in a lot of the research I've been doing, a lot of these things have happened for so long. But I think the way Black Lives Matter and the way technology and social media have mm-hmm. shaped the awareness of these issues, we, we need to, you know, capitalize and bring the positive reinforcement in, into, into this going forward. Um, mm. It's not something that is going to be solved overnight, but it can, it can be mitigated as we go on. And yeah. um, just, uh, you know, having that renewed spirit to do for 2021, what we started in 2020, I think it's a big, big deal and bringing the holisticness to it because I'm very concerned also for the mental well, mental well-being really of the average African-American because of anti-Black violence, anti-Black issues that have been created by society in which society has to be the one to end it. It's a global issue. And it's so, so having that renewed way to look at this, it's a global issue and tackling it head on as a global issue, I think is the way to go. It's what I'm doing for my nonprofit work because even though we're very community focused and we're very community oriented and I'm hoping to shape our nonprofit as a model community. We, we are doing all of this from the inside out. So from the community aspect to the global scene. And that's just one aspect of dealing with injustices in a global way. So so yeah. for me for 2021, having that global approach, mm-hmm. albeit from the community out and yeah. uh, it's a renewed way and it's something that I, I like to pursue continuously as oh, an approach. That's, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, that resonates with everything that, you know, I believe in and we believe in, you know, here at Moms Changing the World. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. And are there any, you know, closing words that you have as far as self-care or raising young children or anything else you wanted to add? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Have fun. Yes, try to make it fun. Right, right. <laughs> try to make it fun. Try to be a baby too. Uh, these are, I, I tell myself when I get too serious for like, I just 
make it fun for him and you mm. see and that's just what I try to do and it just always works it's it never does. failed me when yeah. I'm trying to say one two three but you said one yesterday now you're not saying one <laughs> then I <laughs> instead of getting frustrated I, I tried to make it fun I leave things on the dining table you know, he's starting to learn alphabets in a more constructive way and mm-hmm. not just singing ABCs, which we did, which we do, which is good, which is great. Right, but right. in terms of recognizing, <laughs> identifying, yes, the next level. So I have the letter. Um, he, he did some artwork with the letters and I have that. And I have the letter mm-hmm. without artwork on the table, just where he's eating. He's seeing it every day. Uh, sometimes as he's eating, I'm saying, oh, B, you know, because it's starting with banana, letter B. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, exactly. Banana, yeah. red, baby, you know. Right, right. And sometimes he just goes there and says, B. I'm like, yes, yes. B, you know. <laughs> so, <I> just, <laughs> yeah. so, so fun for me. Yeah, that would be my, and, and it's self-care. It is, is self care because right. I, I'm big about laughing and laughter, and, yes. I've, and and I've infected him with that. So when he laughs now, he's ha <laughs> You can hear it all around the house, and the house is uh, <laughs> laid out in a way that there's a lot of space. There's echo, so he's hearing it. He's, he's hearing his own laughter back at him, and Aww. he's hearing me. You know, at those times that I remind myself to laugh, to laugh, because you know the, the work, the nonprofit work is uh, in social justice is no easy work. So, um, right. it, 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 yeah, so it's very important to 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 laugh and find moments of laughter. So that would be my big thing: fun and laughter <laughs> with him. And and having that as a self-care approach. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. You're absolutely right yeah. that. Nice. Um, yeah. Oh, and yeah. yeah, there he goes. We get to hear his yeah. sweet, sweet voice. Yeah, there he goes. He, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. on cue. <laughs> and he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he's gone back and shut the door because he's kind of OCD <laughs> like that. And I'm like, oh, good, good. I'm actually happy you're OCD. About <laughs> that. Um, oh, and, you know, that, you know, we forget sometimes yes. in all that, the responsibility of motherhood and of parenting, we forget yeah. that, yes, children are a joy and they bring us into the moment like nothing else I think that was one of the things that really hit me about being a mom is you know their cry in the moment or their expression or their need Mm -hmm. like is all about like right here right now you know they don't care that Mm -hmm. I you know have a a conference presentation tomorrow like you know Mm -hmm. like that's not even registering for that right no all they care is that they are hungry (laughs) right now or they want to laugh or dance and play with you and so I actually have another quote uh the an african proverb the laughter of a child lights up the house so i think that's a perfect note to end on you know with your self-care and reminder that you know we can laugh with our children we should be looking for those opportunities to play and join in with them and let them take the lead because they are you know they're they're the next generation now and they are the the future of the world that you know that we hope to see so thank you so much, Falake, for your time today and your words. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ekua. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so, so much because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Ah, it was wonderful. Thank you. Yes, yes and hopefully we'll get to do this again. <laughs>
Yes, that would be great. (laughs) And thank you for the work you do as well for your team. Absolutely. And if people want to, you know, be a part of the amazing work that you're doing, how can people get a hold of you? Yes. So uh, we would love that. Uh, we, We would love to have volunteers. We would love to have donors. We would love to have any anybody just drop a comment, you know. And they can do that by visiting our website, www.awocenter.org. And they can also email us at info. No, I'm sorry. Let me say that again. Info at awocenter.org. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Thank you. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. So great. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Echo, and you as well. Bye now. Thanks for listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. There you'll find ways to connect with and support the moms we interview. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.